was as if he'd kicked about three pounds of haggis that time because it hardly got off the ground. Three pounds of haggis. 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 Three pounds of haggis because it hardly got off the ground. Moyen, Scott Brown here from Let's Talk Sport. I'm joined this evening. I have an array of guests. We're in uh, at the HQ. It's the 23rd of April. It's myself, Scott Brown, and Solo Set Labber. Have I said that right? Perfect, Scott. Yeah, I'm only pulling the chain. Baptiste Lachez, who's obviously a former host of the show. No. I've also got Lee Wagner or Vosha. Is that right? Yep, Vosjel, yes. Vosjel, perfect. And then I've also got uh, Lee Wagner. Yes, that's right. Perfect. Friend of Stefan Sharp, okay? So you've gone up a few notches already. Um, today is our international um, sports wrap. And uh, if you want to get involved in the show, you can. It's 6215252000. Um, as I said, it's a bit of a full house here in the studio. Baptiste, you've been on the show before, but NT, I'm going to start with yourself. 30 seconds. Who the hell are you and what are you doing in Luxembourg? Go. 30 seconds. The name Toulouse et as you rightly pronounced there and they Scott Brown South African from the South of Africa originally that's a private joke um, yep that so one I've been in uh, Luxembourg for the past six years and ran around played some rugby in South Africa and also in Luxembourg and uh, dabbled in a bit of uh, finance and a uh, little everything life on the side don't they all Baptiste can you beat that for an intro easily <laughs> well I'm not from South Africa but I'm from Luxembourg French guy lived here for a long time Moved uh, in France for my study, came back now uh, for working. Well, I'm not working anymore, but... Uh, Currently seeking employment, if anybody's uh, listening exactly. like that. And uh, yeah, I really like sports, all the sports, and uh, most precisely rugby and uh, a bit of boxing on my free time, and that's it, yeah. Very good, a bit of box, okay. Um, Lee, about, about yourself, I've got a quick intro, so we're... Uh, am I saying it right? Indiaka, that's right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, and uh, Indiaka's a sport that... Uh, for those who've not heard of it, essentially, I guess the easiest way to describe it is it comes from, it's almost like a, a bit of volleyball and badminton. Would that be a fair way to put it? Yeah, a bit more than volleyball, yeah. The, yeah. the rules are quite like uh, the moment, volleyball. The, the, the surface where you play is a bit smaller, but you can compare it a bit with volleyball, yeah. So what's your background in sport originally? What, what did you play before you did it? I played basketball and football before, so I'm not... I, I'm playing in Jaka now for four years now, so it's not... And how, how did you get involved in something like that? That's why I'm playing in a this, in this club. His name is in, in Bettendorf. Yeah. And Bettendorf is yeah, used in, known in, uh, in, in, in Luxembourg, so uh, it's one of the best teams here in Luxembourg. And normally when you live in, in, in Bettendorf, there are around 3,000 people who live there. They, they, they know the sport, they know the club, and... So normally when you're young, once in a lifetime you, you're going to, to play in Jaka in Battendorf. So maybe you stay, maybe not. I'm I've stayed now. I I went a bit late. Yeah. I'm Twenty seven, now I'm thirty, so yeah, but 
I really like it, and that's it's a big family in in Bettendorf. I mean, it's it's the same with a lot of sports. It's that family community, you know. I like uh, uh, we're not arrogant to think that our sport is the best. You know, it is very much with those team sports. It's uh, you know, there's sort of a place for everybody, whether it be playing or, or getting involved in coaching or doing the admin side of things. Just just one thing though, how did you actually get involved in it? Like, because obviously, as you said, you played basketball before. So was it? a YouTube video or you had a few beers at the pub and lost a bet and ended up there or, or how did that come about? Uh, I have a lot of friends who are playing Jaka since they are young and uh, I went to university uh, for eight year, for five years and then I I, I was working in, 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 in Brussels so I stayed there. I, I was studying in Brussels and you know, I stayed there for work and when I came back uh, I was it was quite before yeah the pandemic I was yeah looking for another sport a team sport to play and I saw that all my friends are, yeah, they are playing in Jack. And then I said, okay, I, I, I come to the, to the practice and I try it myself. And uh, yeah, that's not, I, I saw that it's not easy when you're not in a volleyball background or something like this. Uh, yeah. So uh, I had to train a lot to get on their level. I'm still not on their level. So, yeah. But, uh, I mean, you've got a, you've got a decent frame on you. So if it, you know, we'd always love to have you playing rugby. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You've got like, a good tall frame in you. Vujil, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> so how how did you how did you get involved in it? Well, I got involved some twenty years ago, more than twenty years ago, by a friend of mine who invited me to a tournament uh, just for pleasure, no uh, competitive, uh, just pleasure, and uh, I tried it. I was like lots of people uh, who said Indiaka, what the holy shit is Indiaka? <laughs> yeah. So I tried it, and uh, I was fixed from the first moment, and until then I was playing in Yaka now for over 20 years. I mean, it's something I've said um, previously on the show, and me and Nathan sort of, he, he echoes that, is when people say they hate sport, I don't really buy that. It's I'm a big believer that there is a sport for everybody. You just haven't tried it yet. So, you know, that's really, really awesome to hear. Um, let's um, break it down really simply here. With the rules, what sort of court do you play on? Well, we uh, play on a court similar to volleyball. As Lee already mentioned, it is a bit smaller than volleyball. Yeah. But we are only four, uh, five people on court. Okay. On volleyball, and what about the six. net height? Is that the same as volleyball? Uh, or? No, it's not the same. It's a little bit uh, less high than A little volleyball. bit lower, yeah. yeah. So maximum height at Indiaka is 2 meter 35 for men open category. And then we have different heights for mixed categories and uh, ladies categories. So uh, and use categories, of course, they are even uh, lower. It depends. So again, forgive me being ignorant here. Um, what do you you play? Obviously, the games. What do you, what score do you play up to? Yeah, to twenty to twenty five. To twenty five. Okay, so you pl- you play to twenty five. How many times can you? make contact with it is it three times like in volleyball or once yeah, yeah. that's the sim- that's similar to volleyball yeah. oh okay fantastic so okay have, yeah, like volleyball you have a setter yeah so they do a reception to the setter and the setter passes the ball to the to the what do you say the, the opposition yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 the guy who whacks it yeah yeah um it's, it's interesting because i've i'm lucky enough to go into lots of different schools and you can't beat going and having a rummage in some of the store cupboards to see what's in there and for years I've gone around only only in Luxembourg and there has been this well this Indiacra as I've now been told it's called and I'm like what the hell is this it's like is it a giant shuttle no it doesn't look like a shuttle um so thank you for for clearing that up um gents but um do you play you play three sets is that right 
Yeah, it depends. Uh, yeah, yeah, but normally, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's not just one club. There's a number of clubs in, in Luxembourg. How many clubs are there in Luxembourg at the moment? So actually, we have six clubs uh, in Luxembourg. As uh, Lee mentioned, he plays for Bettendorf Club. I'm playing for Alsing Club, Alsingen, near to Luxembourg City. Yeah. Then we have Colmarberg, Useldorf, and in the north we have Clairvaux and uh, Trois Oh, very good, very yep. good. And is it, but there were, the previously there were more clubs, is that right? Yeah, we had uh, Fjanden and Nordstadt, but as I mentioned before, uh, the, the pandemic was hard. So they, they have to dissolve uh, the club of Nordstadt and before also Fjanden because they have a, have a lack of, of players. And that yeah. Was, yeah, it's pity, but yeah. I mean, it's one of those things we, we often talk about as a minority sport, it's fair to say it is, like, you know, like rugby. Um, we're sort of, scraping for the leftovers you know when you compare it to like basketball volleyball handball and and obviously um and obviously football what um recently if we if we backtrack a little bit the world championships were held in uh, obviously in luxembourg yeah they were held in august last year in here in luxembourg in the cock the main uh, sports center here in luxembourg it was uh, big uh, big games uh, lots of fun and uh, we did a pretty good result. So uh, Luxembourg won in one category even uh, world champion title. In another, they got uh, vice champion, and one category that got uh, third in their ca- in their category. So with the different categories, what is it? You said there's over forties, which they were lucky enough to yeah. win, and then over thirties as well. Oh, over forties. Over forties, and then what are the other categories? Just men's and women's, yeah. or? There are two uh, age categories. Yeah. So it's category open, everyone can play. Okay. And category senior is uh, over 40 years old. And then we have uh, three different categories. Uh, we have men, we have women, and specialty in Indiaka, that is very uh, few uh, sports that have it. We also play mixed teams with men and women in one team, in mixed. Ah, very interesting. I guess the only mixed sports we really hear of are tennis you know badminton in the doubles and stuff like that and is there a certain i mean is there is it just a case if you have to have x number of um men and x number of women how how does that work yeah you have to you have to always two women on the court always so and then three three men or more than or or three women but always two women that's that's the that's the main important. A great thing. I mean, that's again going back to the, the roots of sport. It's about getting as many people uh, involved uh, as possible. How often? Uh, how often are you guys training? Yep, we, when I say guys, girls, you know, sorry, it's just something that rolls off the tongue. Yeah. How often are you training for this? I, can, I think I can speak for Vujel. Uh, we train a lot about two to three weeks, uh, times a week. Yeah. Yeah. Two to three times. And um, I guess the next question is: You said, unfortunately, a couple of the a couple of the clubs had to fold. Are there youth sections with uh, with all of these clubs, or any some of these clubs? Or unluckily, not all of the clubs have youth sections. But uh, Alsingen and Bettendorf have youth sections that are still growing, even though the pandemic was difficult. Uh, the youth sections are still growing. Uh, it's very interesting to see. I mean that's obviously what all always feeds through into the into the seniors and as I said, but we are we are scraping for the leftovers as as horrible as that is to say, you know, because you know football and the the, the the much larger scale sports have a much bigger pull. Unfortunately, it's the it's the nature of the beast. In terms of the sport in Luxembourg, what's the next big target? Because as you said, if you've won the world championships, where's the next one being held? The next target will be the the World Cup. Uh, so th- in August in Belgium, 
Yeah. And they are Alsing and we, we are we will compete with seven teams of Luxembourg. So that the World Cup is for the for the clubs. So every every um uh, country was member in the IIA uh, can um can send I think two uh, two clubs of every category. Oh, so, so almost like so a the, Champions League yeah, sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Compared with Champions League, yeah. yeah. So we are with uh, with seven clubs of, of Luxembourg, not in every ca- uh, category, but in most of the categories. Yeah, and that would be the next target in in August in Belgium. So in, in terms of uh, funding for something like that, is that completely player funded? Uh, mostly, yeah. I will not say completely, but mostly, as uh, Indiaka is very unknown. Uh, Sponsors are difficult to find, yeah. so uh, it's mostly uh, player-funded. You have to pay to can, uh, to go playing this uh, sport. It, yeah. it, it's very interesting because obviously I did a bit of you know a bit of digging, a bit of research before you guys came on, and it's not you know this sport wasn't just invented five years ago. You know, there's it, it obviously originates from Brazil in like the 1920s, so it's been it has been around for a for a long uh, a long long time. Just with bearing that in mind. Is it on the radar too? Because obviously the Olympics are changing their sports and evolving with the times. Is it something that could happen one day or to, is talked about or you just don't know? Yeah, I think it's growing. Uh, when you see, when you talk with the with the IIA, that's the International Ndjaka uh, Association. For We are a member of the IIA. They are constantly uh, talking with other countries like India. India is now growing really fast. Uh, they are... I, th- I think they are they are joining the World Cup. I'm not sure, but uh, and then there you have even in in, in Nepal they are playing in Japan. <coughs> so uh, it's really growing. You have Japan, you have Korea, you have uh, yeah here in in Europe you have Estonia, in Switzerland, Germany, Belgium, Luxembourg. So it's it's growing. Yeah, it's always their worry with a with a big country like India. You know, if yeah. they if they take it on because well they got over a billion people there. You know that's why. Here's a question for you, um, boys, uh, NT and Baptiste. Name uh, some of the most, you know, most played sports in the world. I'd say football. Yeah. What else? Cricket. Yeah, it is cricket. Yeah. Which, when you think, oh, it can't be, but when you've got a billion people playing it in uh, in India. It's because it's, of the English. Uh... Obviously, you know, British Empire, we'll get, we're not getting into that, you know. Let's leave that alone, lads. Um, often, uh, Nathan and I, we'll, we'll always talk about... Um, you know the experience of of playing uh, these big sporting events, and I'm sure when you were playing at the Worlds last year, there was plenty of music pumping at the down at the cock and getting the crowd going and stuff like that. If um, if you could pick a piece of music to walk out to before playing a World Cup final, what would you uh, walk out to? And don't say Eight Mile by Eminem because I'm sick of hearing <laughs> that. Right? Music to get pumped up. Yeah. Putting you on the spot, mate, huh? That's now you got me. I'm, I'm I don't know. You know, dude, well, I mean, what do these guys do? I sit in bed thinking about my walkout music all the time. You know, no. Vojo, can you can you think no, of one? You pick no, one. You, there, you got me too. No, uh, I yeah. wasn't prepared at this. Uh, difficult to say. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll pick one for you. So don't worry about that. Um, I've got a question there, Scott. Just in terms of, it's obviously a sport that's played indoors. Uh, in terms of the season structure, is that uh, is it a sport that you would play throughout the year, or, or how is the season really structured? Yeah, you have uh, all the categories, so women uh, mixed and uh, men. You have two to three uh, game days. Uh, yesterday was the third game day of the mixed championship. It was the last game day, and now we are uh, 
yeah, I think uh, two game days for women and one game day for for men left. And yeah, every I think every three three weeks you have one game day. So, oh, so you all it goes, play, it goes all play the at the same year. time. Oh, the whole year, so the season yeah, yeah. doesn't stop. Oh, no, no, you you start in, in in November, I think, and you you are finished in in June. But uh, not every weekend you have a game day. So because you have only yeah nine game days, so three for mixed, three for w- women, and three for men, up to three, two to three. Yeah. So you're you're playing every every three weeks, uh, every every dirt weekend. Yeah. Okay. So um, here's here's a question more. Um, it's one of the things I don't like about volleyball. Okay, and I just want to know if it happens in your sport. You know, in volleyball, every time they win a point, even if the, you know, the oppo make a mistake, they always get in the huddle to like celebrate it. Do you boys do that? As yeah, oh, for God's sake! Okay. <laughs> I think you should go rogue and try try something different. Okay, but it's um, a team thing. Yeah. Well, that leads on to our next question. Do you get any bagar? Is there ever any fighting? You know, when because I know we had um, Gilles from uh, who plays for who plays for Strass and who are very very good volleyball team, um, and he was telling us that you're basically not allowed to cross the net. You know, you can give a bit of chat and stuff like that, but if you, you it's pretty ruthless in terms of the um, you know the expectations from the referee and stuff like that. Do you ever have any fighting amongst players and stuff? Have you ever seen anything like that? Oh, it's a, I have to say, it's a very very fair game. Yeah. yeah. Yes, you're really hard competing, but uh, it's it's a very fair game. What about you, Vojo? You've obviously been around the scene a bit longer. Have you seen that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but the uh, thought of Bagara I've never seen. As uh, Lee said, uh, it's very fair play uh, with Indiaka. So we fight against on the court, but uh, we stay within the rules. Yeah. And after the court, uh, we are all friends again together. Share so, a couple of beers and stuff. Yes. Exactly. So if we, if, if if any of our listeners are listening in and think, hey, I'd I'd love to uh, to 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 get involved in that and give it a go, where do we start? Can we can we go on the website, social media? What's the what's the best way to go? So you have the website of the federation, uh, www.indiaka.lu. Or you can on this site you can see uh, links to the different club sites. Uh, if you are now from uh, the north, it wouldn't be very uh, interesting to come to our club uh, near Luxembourg. So go to the website www.indiaka.lu. You find all the informations you need uh, about Indiaka here in Luxembourg and the different clubs that exist actually. Very good, and obviously you you're on you're quite active on social media and Facebook and uh, and Instagram as well. Just one question uh, for a beginner like me: uh, which one would be the most difficult? Uh, because I don't play uh, either uh, volleyball and Indiaka, so uh, if I start, which one is uh, easier to start? I mean, in terms of difficulties in rules and. Uh, is it the same? I think it would be the same as the rules are 90% the same. So I think it would be the uh, same. But I think in, if you never played anything of this, Indiaka would be a bit more interesting for you. Okay. Just bouncing back over to you, obviously, as I said, you've been around the block a little bit when it comes to this. If you could change any, any rule in the sport, what would it be? Well, that's a good question. I'm used to uh, to apply the rules as they are, so I'm quite confident with it. I'm used to, so why change it? If I change anything, I have to get used to any other thing. So uh. that's a fair play. Fair play. <laughs> what about what about no, yourself? No, no, no. I, I agree with Fuzha. Uh, it's it's all good. Like this. you're telling me, telling me the rules are perfect in it, huh? So another question we'll always ask is: um, when you're training, um, do you keep your socks up or do you keep them down? 
I keep him up. Up? What about yourself? Yeah, good. It's good to hear. What about you two boys? Socks up, socks down? I don't wear socks. Yeah, because you're a big calf, isn't it? Socks down nowadays. Socks down in the old age. In the ankle socks, is it? And and the last question we'll ask, is there any favourite strip or favourite sports jersey that if if you could, uh, if if we had a big party and we asked you to wear your favourite sporting memorabilia, what shirt would that be? Don't say Michael Jordan 23 as well, because they've got too many of them coming. I'm going to come back to you so you can think about it. You go. Well, uh, that's clear. I would uh, prefer the shirt I, wear, I wore when uh, we first got world champion in 2008 here in Luxembourg in Nettelberg. Yeah. Awesome. What colour is it? It's uh, blue, blue, uh, red and white. Is it up on the and wall at home? colours. Yeah. So. Oh, we know. We know all about... <laughs> Actually, that's interesting. So we're all... Yeah, there we go. We're all international. All Luxembourg internationals here. These two have also played for the national rugby team as well. Okay, so what about you? What, yeah. what shirt would you wear? I don't know the number, but I would say it's Stefan Schaub. The legend. <laughs> well, I'm going to chuck him under the bus. Shappy normally wears four or five, but we think he should be wearing one or three. Would that be, would that be fair? I'll probably get in trouble for that. So, boys, I was able to uh, pick your walkout music. This is a pretty badass one here. Nickelback, Rockstar. Thanks again for joining us and uh, staying comms, and we'll, uh, we'll see you soon, fellas. Thank you. Tell me what you want. I want a brand new house on an episode of Crimson and a bathroom I can play baby. Big enough for ten plus me For what you need I need a, a credit card that's got no limit And a big black chair with a bedroom in it Gonna join the mile high club at 37,000 feet Been done I want a new tour bus full of old guitars Find star on Hollywood Boulevard Somewhere between Cher and James Dean is fine for me Change my name Cause we all just wanna be Big rock stars And live in hilltop bosses Driving 15 cars The girls come easy And the drugs come cheap We'll all stay skinny Cause we just won't eat And we'll hang out In the coolest bars And the VIP With the movie stars Every good gold digger's Gonna wind up there Every playboy bunny With a bleach blonde hair And we'll Hey, hey, I wanna be a rock star Hey, hey, I wanna be a rock star I wanna be great like Elvis Without the tassels I raid bodyguards that love to beat up vassals Sign a couple lot of grass So I can eat my meals for free I have the quesadilla I'm gonna dress my ass with the latest fashion Get a front door key to the Playboy Mansion Gonna date a Santa phone that loves to blow my money for me So how you gonna do it? I'm gonna trade this life for fortune and fame I'd even cut my hair and change my name Cause we all just wanna be big rock stars And live in hilltop bosses driving 15 cars The girls come easy and the drugs come cheap Well I'll stay skinny cause we just want Every good gold digger's gonna wind up there Every playboy bunny with a bleach blonde hair And we'll hide out in the private rooms With the latest dictionary of today's zoo They'll get you anything 
Where's the red light mean, Well, gents, we are back. Thank you very much to uh, Lee and Virgil for uh, joining us. I just got to get my breath back. It was hard. <laughs> Running up those steps. It's okay. It's just beer. It's just beer. <laughs> if, you're, uh, <laughs> if you're just joining us, I'm uh, privileged to be joined by uh, Insolo. Um and Baptiste, two uh, colleagues who I've been lucky enough to play both club rugby and international rugby with. And um, yeah, we're obviously on our international uh, sports wrap from the weekend. We were just listening to the guys from Indiaca, which for those of you who've never seen it before is a, I guess it's a hybrid of uh, badminton and uh, and volleyball. And at the over 40 category, they were actually world champions, which is pretty amazing to hear something like that um it's definitely something i'll be going and having a uh, a look at further down the line um when we um when nathan he loves his uh what happened on this day in sport um in history and i've picked up a few good ones here do you know who chris gale is yeah famous west indies uh bowler opening oh, bowler batsman. Oh, batsman. Oh. that was casual yeah, casual down. mistake there oh. uh, he's a batsman he holds the record uh, in 2013 on the 23rd of April. Uh, he was playing in the IPL. Uh, this is disgusting, right? <laughs> it's the fastest century in the history of uh, T20. So he hit 100 runs off 30 balls, okay? Which is fairly ridiculous. Do you know what his final score was in a 20-over match? Talk to me. 175 yeah, 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 yeah. of 66 balls, 17 fours and 13 sixes. I mean, I don't know what, how you compare that in other sports. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like Michael Phelps winning all those gold medals back in the day in the Olympics or something like that. It's, a, it's an absolutely ridiculous thing. Um, you know, and it's impressive. watching an innings like that. That's yeah, um, impressive guy was Chris Gale. Yeah, the most yeah, casual. You could do a little bit with the ball as well, Scott. Oh, yes, yeah, you yeah. know, a bit of dibbly dobblers, <laughs> you know, if anyone <laughs> listening out there. You into, you into your cricket, Baptiste? No? Not at all. Not I at don't all. understand what you say. <laughs> <laughs> um, another one for you in 2019. Southampton striker Shane Long scored the fastest goal in English Premier League history when he nets after 7.69 seconds. Who was the keeper? Who let it in? Yeah. Who was it? No idea. That's no good. Oh, six, right. six, six, six seconds. Yeah. Maybe he was. Maybe didn't come out. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what was going on there. Um, obviously, um, NT. One of your topics this evening is to do with uh, Man U and what's going on there. But in 2014, David Moyes. That's when he was sacked as manager um, of United. You know, he was obviously billed as the next big thing coming after Fergie's uh, era, and that's I guess started the. Um, the conveyor belt of coaches at that mm-hmm. at that club it's fairly um yeah they've had a lot of coaches there in the last couple of day uh, cu- last couple of years haven't they tough couple of years uh, another one for you robin knox johnston um in 1969 312 days of non-stop sailing to become the first person to perform a single-handed handed non-stop circumnavigation of the globe There's some going like what do you do on your own for that amount of time 
I mean, I can't sit still for an hour to ring up people and worry about something to do. He was actually knighted in uh, in 99.5 as well. And the last one, uh, um, it's happy birthday to Daniela Hatrichova, Slovakian tennis player, born in Poprad in Czechoslovakia. The reason I'm giving her a shout out is because Nathan and I were lucky enough to commentate on her when we were doing the Luxembourg Ladies Tennis Masters last year. So that is why NT... Obviously, uh, we, we spoke in the build-up to the show and I was like, I, I wanted to go with more of a, I guess, a different theme to uh, what we normally do. And I was quite eager for you guys to come up with some current affairs uh, topics. So, NT, the first one you're going to hit us is the, um, obviously, the Premier League. What's going on there at the moment? English Premier League. And as you mentioned it, Scott, uh, as a Man United fan, it's been a tough couple of years, but happy to report that the old... Manchester United has made it to the, to the top four. Oh, that's so, what happens when you uh, when you have the blank checkbook. Do you know what I mean, isn't it? <laughs> Even with the blank checkbook, it, we haven't been able to in years past. So happy to see that. So really, it's a, it's a, as they say, a two-horse race, right? Arsenal and Man City for this year. Um, City's always in and around the, the, the top there. And Arsenal, obviously quite a young squad. Um, and really, they find themselves, they're probably quite surprised to find themselves at the top of the league, really. Young squad, um, relatively young manager in Arteta, uh, but they've had a brilliant run. And so it really is getting to the business end for them. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they go. They had a bit of a hiccup, three three all Southampton. Yeah, so I'm just days. looking at the table. Uh, Arsenal are currently five points clear, but Man City have um, the, two, the two games in hand. Exactly. Um, I mean, have any of them? What have we got left to play? So you've got 19 to 38 games. You've got five, six games left. Are they meeting each other before the end of the season? City and Arsenal. Massive, massive, massive game. City and Arsenal will play each other. Yeah. So that really is the one where Arsenal still have the chance. Man City, effectively, they need to win the rest of their games to be in an... In, 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 a, in with a chance but yeah. I mean you look at that squad and they've got more than enough firepower I think Baptiste will speak a little bit on Mares. Um he had a good run a couple of days ago but it really is as you say Scott it's give the, me the wink here that's huh? the one that's going to come down Arsenal Arsenal and City that's, that's the big game I mean it's not really fair but like you look at Arsenal they're obviously you know flying high and people are like oh they're going to bottle it well they're not really bottling it because even mm. you know finishing second in the Premier League is a is a hell of an achievement yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but um, who's the who's the coach of Arsenal? Arteta Mikel Arteta isn't it? I don't even follow football and I know that. Come on, mate. But uh, on the subject of Man City, Baptiste, um, you were saying... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he had Marez. A really, uh, it's a really good player. I really like it. He is, scored, he, uh, is he French, huh? Uh, half French, half Alger uh, Algerian. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. he, um, he scored the hat-trick, I think it was yesterday, but not in the Premier League, on the Cup against Sheffield. A D2 team, but still... Uh, Still three goals, so it's uh, it's a good. Yeah, I like this player because I love the guy and also like uh, his uh, his uh, history. Uh, they are like uh, football player or even professional who starts uh, their career uh, easily, but this guy he had to work very hard to to mm. be able to uh, to to become a professional. He restarted in a non really not really in a famous club in France in in, in Brittany in Quimper. You probably don't know. Uh, then he moved to Normandy, to Le Havre in uh, second division. And then, uh, you know, the rest of the story, he got recruited to uh, uh, Leicester uh, in D2. And then he, he, he went up for the, 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 the first division the, and uh, they won the title and he got uh, elected uh, best player of uh, the Premier League. 
So if you compare it to four years before, quite quite a journey, there. isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's always you do. There's like there's two ways to do it. Where obviously you're a product of the system, but it is cool to hear somebody who goes the, you know the, the guess the t- t- takes the unbeaten track and, and and works their way up to the top, and you know, ultimately that's what should be. I guess fair about sport is the best players should be at the best level, but we all know that's there's certain people in other sports for whatever reason, politics, corruption, you know, whatever it might be, don't um don't reach the top. Who would your team be, Baptiste, if do you follow a team in, in the Premier League? Yeah, Arsenal. <laughs> I told you, because of Thierry Henry, huh? yeah. always I think it will always be Arsenal. <laughs> va va boom. Um NT, why do you support Man U then? Glory support from oh, back in the day. No, is it? no, no, actually, long story. It was the first sort of um, uh, type of video games back then, Scott, in my, my time. Video games. It was a Sega for I, you and me, was it? Back play, in the day. Yeah. yeah, the good times. The good times. <laughs> so it only had the one game Arsenal versus Manchester United. And at the time, Arsenal had a high rating. And I took on the underdog in Manchester United, and it's been a romantic story ever since, as they very say. Very good, very good. Interesting side story that just popped into my head about uh, in solo. Obviously, when I first moved over here in uh, 2017, met up with the big dog up at rugby training, instantly had a connection, um, and then we're lucky to have a few troisième mi-temps with him, you know, after rugby and such. And we were lucky enough to invite a few of the lads uh, round to the uh, the flat. Actually, we used to always go around to this guy. Did you ever meet Cody? Cody Patchell, Canadian guy, scrum half. And uh, absolute legend. And we used to go around. He, it was a penthouse, but it, it wasn't very fancy. Do you know what I mean? It was the top flat on this block of flats. Hell of and, uh, yeah, hell of a view, big balcony. And he had this big, he was big into his whiskey. So he loved the liquor. And he'd say, no hard liquor before 10 guys, you know. Um <laughs> And don't forget to bring your own liquor. Yeah, bring your own liquor. Um, <laughs> so it started off with a couple of us and then we'd all have a few beers up there after after what was a very good season for us and, and then go out. Um, and, and Solo offered to host one day. And it went round to his house and, you know, single man, bachelor pad, you know, yeah, he's got the big TV, the big couch. And then he's got this <laughs> wallpaper all on one side of the room now just to um just to backtrack a little bit um when i was teaching in the uk um you uh you you have your classroom and you're going to put up some work you know that your students have done for, for gcse or a level whatever it is and um i was um basically thinking i don't want normal backing paper you know i don't want something green or something blue or something. i want something cool so i ordered this uh, it was like brickwork and um <laughs> So I uh, ordered it, but obviously it comes in about these, they're like these metre long sheets, which you obviously put up. But then if I put one next to it, it doesn't match up, does it? So I'm like, oh, for God's sake. So I've gone in before we started back at school. And and when I say I have spent hours (laughs) matching it all up just so it looks perfect, I guess it's a bit of OCD about it and stuff. So I matched it up perfectly. I had a good display wall. Anyway, fast forward a few years, gone round to in solo. He's got the same wallpaper, right? It doesn't even match up. Like I was just, I was absolutely disgusted. There was a member stick going on about it for ages. Like, How can you have it and not, not? It's got to line up. Do you know what I mean? It was the younger me, you know? Yeah. I had the sportive going, but uh, considered myself to be quite the artiste, Baptiste. But uh, yeah, let's just say my execution wasn't so great. Yeah, we just go for a. Go for a proper brickwork wall instead of us getting cheap wallpaper. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but um, Baptiste, you um, 
when I was asking you what you wanted to talk about, you uh, you want to talk about the boxing, but you didn't refer to it as a boxing match. You referred to it as the boxing game. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. So could, <laughs> as you can hear, my English is not my lin- my native language. No, you're putting on the accent now. <laughs> something serious as well. But um, tell oh, it, like yeah. <laughs> Came off touch. Uh, <laughs> but um, tell us, uh, yeah, tell us about the boxing at the weekend then. Yeah, yeah. yesterday, uh, yesterday, uh, no, last night's big, big boxing match, not boxing game. Yeah, uh, a bit hard to watch as it was at two in the morning. Uh, it was. Uh, Is it because you'd had two or three beers before yeah. you went to watch it? Was it? <laughs> it was Jafonta Davis, a cad tank against uh, Ryan Garcia. So we are here in what they call the the catch weight category. So those guys only weight sixty uh, kilo. Mm. So uh, so in solo, if you want to be a boxer, you will probably not be in this category. I think. Uh, what you trying to say? I'm saying nothing. <laughs> Yeah, some people say it was uh, it was uh, it's that it was probably the 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 biggest fight uh, the biggest fight of the year as uh, th- those two boxers are really really talented and also because um, uh, what makes this fight interesting it's because they are really really two different uh, boxers in terms of boxing styles and also in terms of uh, history and background. Uh, on one side, you have uh, Jafonta Davis, who grew up uh, in, uh, in uh, both far from US. Jafonta is from Baltimore. He grew up in, uh, in a bad neighborhood there. Both of uh, uh, their parents were were um, toxic men, so he had to live with uh, his uncle. And uh, he first introduced a box uh, to him. So, so that he was not in the street and uh, in the gangs and everything. Causing trouble and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. And on the other side, you have uh, uh, Ryan Garcia, uh, which was is uh, a Latino guy from uh, California, uh, famous on the on the social network. He has like 10 millions of uh, followers uh, on Instagram. Me, I only have 200, so. <laughs> complicated only 200 oh, hopefully it goes up after being on here tonight because you're actually talking tonight which is good you know <laughs> but before that fight they had like one similarity both of them were undefeated I see we're both undefeated that's yeah. interesting uh, Jafonta 28 fights 28 victory and 26 by knockouts so that's huge and uh, Ryan Garcia 23 fights 23 victory and 19 by knockouts who do you think won? Well, I know who won because I've just put oh. it <laughs> you tell me? The listeners don't yeah. know, do they? Yeah? It's Fonta who won at the seven uh, rounds with uh, a knockout but the body shot. Yeah. So, yeah. Big, big win. If you if you have the time to watch it on replay, it's not a waste of time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, very good. Well, uh, we'll have a look at it. I mean, we obviously don't actually talk a lot um, about the boxing side of things, but, you know, it's interesting to hear you have I'm just curious as to how it works in America because that's some going even just to get to sort of 24 fights mm. and not have, uh, have lost. I mean, the last one that springs to mind who who did that in the States was obviously Deontay Wilder and they, he had that fairly epic trilogy with um, Tyson Fury. I talk about this video all the time. Have you seen the video of him when um, when uh, yeah. when he sparks him out? when Fury sparks him out and obviously we're both we're all from the wrestling side of things so we know The Undertaker's music <laughs> and basically Fury's lying there out cold and you just hear the gong and then they just someone's changed the video so it's just The Undertaker's music and then JR being like oh my god that you know and all that sort of stuff <laughs> hands down it's one of the best videos when you just see him sit up like The Undertaker used to always do oh it's absolutely brilliant um, it, it was it was quite interesting to see in, in, in that boxing um, match uh 
that was competitive. I mean, I think you, you, you look at uh, boxing nowadays, you have these sort of social boxing uh, comp- uh, matches that they arrange. Well, the YouTube-based boxing is, yeah. is different nowadays. Promoters have a big influence. But this, it seemed to be competitive. It was two guys going toe-to-toe yeah. and really having a go at each other and with with, uh, with the money not being such a big thing, but yeah. rather the sport being the centre of attention. I mean, that, that's an interesting one because I think you do, I mean, even... Yeah, I'm a little bit naive to the world of boxing, but I can sit here and fairly confidently say that some people will take on a fight knowing that they're going to get mm. an absolute hiding. Mm. But you know, it's the it's the it's payday the and stuff yeah. like that. You know that that comes out of it. There's an interesting one. Whilst we're talking about boxing, what's your take on all these YouTubers or these guys who are non non? Um, would it be fair to say non specialists when yeah. it comes to when it comes to boxing? You know, but. You got you've got the guy Jake Paul, who obviously, look, he his his following and his finances means he has access to ridiculous, you know, um, amount of uh, assets in terms of coaching, training, and all that sort of thing. And it's like you can't sit here and say he doesn't know what he's doing. He's no, I don't think he's a he's a complete lummox when it comes to that sort of thing. But part of me is you know obviously you've got the purists that say oh it's wrong for boxing and stuff but then at the end of the day you have to sit there and be like fair play if you can make cheddar from mm. uh you know from that that sort of thing what's your take baptiste yeah. on all these youtubers doing boxing yeah now? on one hand it's great because uh it's, it brings a bit of spotlight uh on the box because uh i think most of the young generation now feels more feel more attracted by ufc than box box is more for the old generation so it's still but yeah, for the purists, uh, normally when you start a career in box, there is like a bit of a tradition uh, that you you need to to start a bit uh, in the shadow, you know, make your fights, uh, work work your way up. Yeah, sort of thing, and isn't then it? yeah, when it's your time, it's your time, but you, you you're not directly under the lights like that. But I don't, I don't think that's fair to say that's just for boxing. Is that not true of most sports? You know, you have to, you know, you have to go out and hustle. You do you you sort of apply your trade. You know, whether it be football or rugby. You know, you don't obviously some people um based on their let's just say it is if some people's dad is if your dad's david beckham you know i'm sure you get a couple of extra you know you get a few more rungs up the ladder you know that sort of that sort of thing but mm. what do you reckon nt is that would that be fair to say that yeah i'd say just, just on the point on um with the social media and these boxes that are coming in i would love to see a world where that social media world comes together with the traditional boxing world. Um, so where someone like a Jake Paul, uh, when they match up with our local uh, socialite here, Baptiste, that's that's the curtain raiser to a, 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 a traditional boxing match. Yeah. Um, and I think that way you you, you get the exposure. Um, they get to get their their money in their bag and 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 the traditional aspects of the sport. We all play sport. We love it for a specific reason, and for the reasons that you say, people can. I mean, you can work from your garage door and work your way up. So it'd be lovely to see just a hybrid of the two coming together. Hybrid, good jargon there. Good jargon. What's your uh, obviously you say you're into your boxing. What's your your favourite? memory of boxing apart from uh, Rocky beating Ivan Drago all those things, <laughs> what would be your the one that stands out in your mind uh, my favourite uh, that's stuff I'm say, just uh, going to stop him there <laughs> do you remember were you ever at school right <laughs> and the teacher asked you a question and you didn't know the answer to it and you'd like pull this face we'd be like 
I had the same face. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> and they think, I can see you're really trying to think about it there, so I'm going to ask somebody else. That's what you look like there when I was uh, when I asked you that question. <laughs> Sorry, Baptiste. No, I don't have a really a, now a, a, a special moment. I would say the one I, I, I have now in my mind is um, when Yuzik uh, beats the second time uh, Joshua. Uh, that was like a major win to win twice against the same boxer and uh, yeah that's, that's the one that, that stay in my mind oh, very interesting what about you NT oh, in terms of boxing mine's going to be very niche here um, so in South Africa there was a welterweight champion and his name was Baby Jake Matlala say again Baby Jake Matlala Matlala yeah just sounds but cool it's the, it's the Baby Jake yeah, yeah, yeah. what so, was his walkout music oh I don't even remember <sighs> find yeah, out next time you come on I'll have, have to roll it <laughs> <laughs> yeah but just uh, baby Jake every every time he stepped out and when uh, he was winning titles he was he was the biggest celebrity um, in the boxing world in South Africa so anything that involved him how does it work out in South Africa then because obviously you've got you know you've got massive population out there and it's fair to say rugby dominates that do, you know dominates the sporting scene out there yeah. and soccer and then obviously crickets up there as well mm-hmm. so it was something like boxing you know, it must be a tough nut to crack because let's say it as it is, if you're just boxing in South Africa, you're not making cheddar. Yeah. But we don't, I mean, again, it, it, I'm, I'm naive to, to how much I know about the world of boxing, but there's a fella, there was one Safa guy, Both, Botha, was it Francois Botha? And I think he fought Mike Tyson. Crocodile. He, um, uh, big blonde fella. Yes, it fella. is Botha, but his yeah, nickname was bo- Crocodile. <sighs> the big crocodile. And Shulish, huh? <laughs> we'll work on my Afrikaans accent. But, um, yeah, he's the first, he's the one that jumps out of my mind. Yeah. But, but, and it's not to say, and it's to take nothing away from these guys, but what's what's stopping these guys coming coming over? Is it having a good agent, you know, getting them the good fights? Or Yeah, I, I think boxing is, is not, uh, as you mentioned, it's not a top sport anymore in South Africa. The boxing scene with guys like Baby Jake previously used to be, um, there used to be uh, academies in place. There was a, a track through which you could go through. So that doesn't exist as much anymore. And then people are just attracted by the bigger sports. I mean, football, soccer is big in South Africa. The, the, that's where all the money is. And so people generally will go towards that. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Um, obviously, uh, NT, we can't not have you on and talk about what's happening in the world of South Africa rugby. Um, so it's fair to say that South Africa won't win the World Cup this year because <laughs> I was looking at the stats and obviously they won in 95. The next time they won it is in... 2007 and then the next time they won it obviously was in 2019 so it's safe to say we will be waiting until 2031 <laughs> till the box uh, um, bring home the bacon again um, yeah NT what's going on in SA rugby wise at the moment then injuries galore um, see Big Etzebeth is yeah, out for a bit isn't it? as not well. a bad time not a bad time to get injured you that's know because true. That's true. miss these games at the end of the season get a decent pre-season exactly. I'm sure he'll come back with a couple of extra exactly. kilos on him you know hey, the big man the big, big man on the old ball meat huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah go on sorry boss no no sorry yeah it is, it's, it's that just a lot, a lot of injuries um, they had what they call alignment caps springbok alignment caps where they get uh, sort of the the guys who are most likely to go to the World Cup it's um, sort of a young squad so it's likely to look very much the same the squad that goes through uh, so that was held where the guys come in condition aligned to the culture strategy that type of thing 
And post that, I think there've just been a lot of injuries. Yeah, Yebenetsa has gone down. Cheslin Kobe is injured. Francois Stein is injured at the moment. Um, and uh, old skip Siam Tanda Kulisi picked up an injury as well. So that's the worrying bit. But as you say, it gives him enough time to to condition up and recover ahead of the rugby championship um, that happens later on in the year. Is it um, when you when these these knocks that these guys are getting? If the World Cup wasn't around the corner, I think it's fair to say that they could be not rushed back, but it's, um, you know, they could be, you know, not for, I don't want to say forced mm, to get back, mm. but you know, you're trying to get back for something. Whereas uh, it seems like these big, um, certainly all the, well, not the super rugby sides, it's not playing super rugby anymore, but the, the South African, you know, the Stormers and the Sharks, they're very much like, you know, um, working in tandem with the, mm. the S, you know, the, the S, SRU is that right? No, SARU. The SARU. Um, in terms of like, yeah, right. We're not sure. Right, just pull him. You know, yeah. the clubs don't clubs don't have a problem with that. They obviously respect that. Which on the flip side, um, in the in England, it's it's the complete opposite. There really is a, mm. a real tug mm. of war between the players. You know, at the playing at their their clubs and playing um, for their country. Obviously, in France, they seem to have got it used to be more that but it seems to everyone seems to be falling in line with the model that they've got at the moment mm. which is you know is it's proving to be very uh very very successful yeah we had uh, for a long time this struggle between uh, the clubs and the, the national team but uh, since uh, since uh, france is now uh, one of the best uh, team in the world i don't know uh, the, the, we don't have this issue anymore so that's so great with a smile huh <laughs> you know when i was waiting for you uh Uh, and Solo uh, told me, yeah, uh, uh, France starts playing like South African now. Right. Like, didn't didn't take, I uh, didn't took it well. I think it's uh, <laughs> it's wrong. Say because yeah, you're kicking a lot like the South African. I say, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> yeah. So the, the context of that being that um, the the Test team that kicks the most in the world at the moment is the French team. Um, but the, the, I think the perception is that it's that box, Springbok side that kicks the most and plays the most boring rugby. But I, I think if you look at the numbers, they, they're quite telling. And so that's why I shot it to old Baptiste in jest as well, because I know <laughs> that it won't go down so well. I mean, it's, it's funny you say that about kicking, though, because we let's flash back to the World Cup final. Mate, the two tries they scored were absolute bangers, mm. you know. It's, mm. um, mm. you know, so... I think it's all, yeah, everyone, whatever team wins the World Cup, everyone's going to pick and choose about how they mm. play. But at mm. the end of the day, you know, if your name's on the trophy, it doesn't really, mm. um, of course, doesn't really matter. I don't want it to just be about rugby this evening. Um, NT, let's cut right to the chase. You know, we're looking for a few awkward topics and one of your players who obviously plays for Manchester United or not at the, uh, uh, given the current state of affairs is Mason Greenwood. So what's the story there? So for those of you listening in, he was accused of coercive behaviour and... Uh, We've got to get that one right, Scott. Yeah, is that... Is Charged it, with attempted rape, attempted controlling rape. behaviour yeah. and assault. I mean, uh, if any of you are out there, if you really want to dig up dynamite content, I'm telling you, Twitter is savage at the moment for absolutely everything everything is getting put on there and there were um voice re uh, recordings and stuff doing the rounds at one point about it all the case has been dismissed hasn't it yes all charges dropped uh, against mason greenwood as of february earlier on this year yeah but obviously the the, the court case was was um has been going for a lot the past couple of months and manchester he hasn't played united. since probably january last yeah, year is it yeah, yeah. It hasn't been hasn't been playing for manchester united and so when the when the charges were dropped 
Manchester United took the decision that they would undergo an internal process. There were rumours that they were sort of speaking to the female team as well, just trying to get a view from the club um, what the approach should be. Finally, the whispers are that that Man United has taken the decision that uh, he won't play for Manchester United. So they're sort of clubs that are um, have mentioned that they might be interested. The likes of AC Milan that are looking into him as a player. That's quite interesting yeah. because it's. Um, well, I don't know how it works out in Italy, but I mean, we we take we re- rewind a couple of steps to the whole, um, you know, the Paddy Jackson thing um, at Ulster and stuff, and he's obviously, you know, the, they were acquitted, mm-hmm. you know. So, and again, I'm not taking sides here, but you know, from a legal standpoint, you know. Uh, they it, it wasn't proved or as I said they were acquitted but you know it's the unfortunately it's you know we don't want social media to play a part in it but the reality is is that's obviously what brings in the, the sponsorship and that sort of thing so would he I can't see him playing in the in the Premier League again after yeah, something like I, that I don't think so I mean for me what it really highlights has he, has he played he played for England once didn't he I think he got capped he did yeah yeah, yeah. England international and, and really was the up-and-coming star in the English game um, from a rugby-playing perspective. But for me, really, it just highlights um, that there is that side to the game. Um, it really has brought that to the fore. And, and I mean, the, the, his case specifically, you can't pass judgment. We don't know what what happens behind closed doors. Um, and you've got to let that process take place. But I think it does it does highlight that these things do happen. Um, and, uh, yeah, you just got to be sensitive around that. And we hope that... Uh, that there's been it has been fairly addressed from all sides. Absolutely. Um, here's a question for you: Do you think it's a case of that this is these sorts of incidents are happening more frequently now, or is it more of a case that we have more avenues to find out about these things, whether it be internet, social media, mobile phones, and stuff like that? Like, is it different to 50 years ago, or did we just not hear about it 50 years ago? Uh, I, th- I think it's 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 been happening. Um, I, for sure 50 years ago it was happening uh, I think it's great that there's awareness around it now because it gives you an opportunity to really to, to put an end to that type of behaviour um, so I, I, I think in this space where we have social media and people are able to come out and call these things out I think we're, we're better for it What about you Baptiste? Where's, where, do you, where do you sit on this on this sort of thing? Should he be, should he be allowed to play professional football again? Well, uh, if 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 this guy uh, he he plays he play he plays professional he has uh, one cap uh, for as you mentioned for England you have uh, I think you have uh, that duty where you need to show a bit uh, example because you know that uh, the people are watching you uh, the young generation are uh, taking you as example as a role model yeah so. Uh, it's a bit like uh, when Zinedine Zidane he's, did his head contact in two, uh, 2006. Uh, I think yeah, you need to apologize, but you know that this will have some consequences, mm-hmm. especially uh, on the on the on people who are watching you. Probably uh, yeah, you, it's gonna be hard to find a club, uh, and people won't support you as before. And uh, yeah, I think that's one of the things you you sort of take on as you become when you decide to go down that professional sports route, whether or not you want to be in the spotlight or whatever it is, everything you, you have to appreciate that everything you do is going to be, you know, come under scrutiny, isn't it? Because ultimately uh, there's a lot of jealousy in there as well. You know, these days they're looking to trip up people as often as possible and, 
and and, and try and get that next uh, that next um, big story. But yeah, um, the sportsmen need to behave, Scott. Yes, they do. Yeah. They do. <laughs> Even those ones at the top. Um, you said you talked to her briefly. We were talking before we came on the show. Quade Cooper's obviously made his comeback. Yeah. Do you know how many minutes he played for his team? One minute. Oh, no. he, he, they did the the, the starts, but not he didn't come out for injury. It's just because uh, as he was uh, he didn't play for a long time because he was injured eight months ago. Uh, he had to to play. Uh, he has to play a, a certain number of games if he wants to play for the final stages and ah, this kind of thing. Yes, so they just collage. they just yeah put him on the starting team and then one minute before up you go out on yeah. the bench. That's fair enough. Huh? You know it's like when we used to remember when. Uh, Remember, you know, back in the days when we had to pick the teams to play in the uh, in the finals for like the playoffs from B two and stuff. You had to have guys who had, you know, played. I think you had to play six games. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> oh god, we haven't got any players left. Um, but then it was the same in in B in B one. You had to play in the first half of the season. It's a good way to do it, actually. To be honest, actually, um, on the uh, on the hit list has got to be this We Are Wrexham uh, Netflix documentary. Obviously, they've got promoted now, haven't they? Um, f- uh, to well, to the to the football league, as they call it. Yeah. They've obviously come in with um, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McHenry. Is it someone like that? I don't know? But these two Americans have come in and basically they bought the club for like two and a half million, but they've attracted. Um, Netflix have done a documentary, and so I think they've made all their money back just on the Netflix documentary. Yeah, yeah. So that's another one to, uh, it's, it's all to get up to speed. Story, yeah. Managed to get my uh, my partner in crime up to speed with Peaky Blinders as well. <laughs> Time well spent there, isn't it? Yeah, no fighting, no fighting. <laughs> um, gents, I'm going to wrap it, wrap things up there. Thank you so much for uh, for joining me. Um, joining me this evening obviously normally it's nathan and we i guess it's fair to say um, you do have a bias towards certain sports that's the nature of the beast so it's cool to have you know a bit of football and then obviously some boxing baptiste it's, it's great to have a you know a different opinion on uh, you know different different sports that are going on in the world you know my, I'm, myself and nathan are both like yourselves you know we could sit down for a few beers and chat about any sports and have a debate and hopefully not fall out about that sort of stuff you know um <laughs> As always, that is our wrap for this evening. Thanks to our guests, the two uh, Lee and Vogel from uh, Indiaca. Thanks to Insolo and Baptiste for joining me this evening. You can check out the regulars tomorrow. Sam Steen from 6am. You've got Steps as well at lunchtime. And then you've got Melissa Dalton from 4 till 7. Um, we have got our local roundup show and I've got two boys in on work experience who will be joining us on the show to tell us how that's going for them, their first taste of the business world with Little Lions. Oh, so that'll be a, an absolute belter um, you can check us out on Facebook Instagram um, and through our website you can also listen to this this will be uploaded tomorrow morning um, as a podcast if you've not heard about your sport we'd love to get you on the show um, boys uh, I won't you know obviously you're not playing any sport these days in solo is it is gym sport is it yeah I saw you trying to be Jonah Long with you, I saw you trying to be Jonah Long with the other day doing squats on a medicine ball on a Swiss <laughs> ball or something like that just mixing it up That's, did you ever hear the story about Jonah Longo, he could do like sixty kilo squats yeah. while sat on a, on stood on a Swiss ball and stuff. Oh, I like didn't this. know. Just that absolutely ridiculous, uh, ridiculous, um, ridiculous core. There's somebody I'd love to just be in a room with. You know, can Jonah. you just imagine the shadow casting over you <laughs> when that big boy walks in? Huh? 
Um, quick question before we finish. If you uh, could play anywhere in the world for sport, any sporting event, where would it be, NT? Ooh. Any sporting event anywhere in the world, I would have have loved to be at the opening game of the 2010 World Cup South Africa. Those bloody, those bloody Vuvuzelas. Oh my God. Shabalala Shout, mate. Do you know what? When I I, uh, stop playing, I'm going to buy a load of Vuvuzelas (laughs) and people will be like, get that off him, will you? Get that off him. What about you, Baptiste? Me, I would say it it would be to play one game uh, in the stadium of Liverpool. And then seeing uh, you'll never walk alone with the supporter. Oh, there you go. You've heard it here. Boys, uh, we have a bit of a tradition on here when we sign things off. We say chur, okay? So until next week, chur. Let's talk sport with Scott Brown and Nathan Snade.